Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy. It's January 19th, 2010, and this is episode 226. This week, we're going to take a look at the three winning images from the December 2009 MBP and WebSpy photography assignment, which was on the theme Quiet Light. As usual, the standards were incredibly high and the three winning images are simply amazing, so I can't wait to get into this. Before we jump into the main topic, I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors WebSpy, the Internet Monitoring, Analysis and Reporting Specialists, and as usual, I'd like to ask you to tweet the message thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter to show your support. To find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com MBP and use the discount code MBPWSY for a 10% discount on anything that you buy. As usual, we'll look at the images in reverse order, starting from third place. Note that I've included the winning images and a few others that the winning photographers provided in, into the um, Enhanced Podcast audio file. And also, if you listen in iTunes or on an iPhone, uh, you'll be able to see the images automatically change as we progress. If you want to check the images on a computer, you know, you don't have iTunes or an iPhone or an iPod, uh, please check either the blog uh, or the podcasts page. Uh, the blog the blog has the um, the transcript there as well for you to follow along with. And if you go to the podcast page, you have the thumbnails to click on, and you can just you can find the episode on there from the archives. And there's now 226 as of today uh, episodes in the archive. So take a look at the what what else is available there if you're new to the show. Both my blog and the podcast page is linked from the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com. Note too that I update a scores page to see how many votes each person that entered the assignment has amassed, both from the monthly assignment and for the accumulated uh, votes from six months assignment uh, that our sponsor WebSpy has kindly provided prizes for. There are links to the scores page in the show notes, uh, which you can also see on my blog or on the podcast page. Let's get right into it now, though, and take a look at the third place winner's image. In third place, we have David Peacham from Perth, Australia, with Lights Out. As I have backstories from each of the artists, I'm going to read out their backstory first and then add my own thoughts after each one. So David's backstory goes like this. Brainstorming a couple of ideas, I was thinking of using candlelight in some way. I was thinking how I could incorporate it in a shot somehow and looking for candles around the house to use. We have some large funky candlesticks given to us by friends and we haven't lit the candles on these before so I was a little hesitant to do so right away. I had to set up in the darkest room in the house as I was shooting during the day. I used our black suitcase as a backdrop and had the blinds uh, down blocking as much light as I could. In the first couple of shots I did away with using the burning candle as it seemed too bright for quiet light. My thoughts turned to the smoke and the glowing wick just after the candle has blown, been blown out. 
I tried a number of exposure times to try and capture the smoke billowing away from the blown out wick, but wasn't capturing the smoke clearly enough or with enough drama for my liking. Thinking on how I could capture this better, I grabbed a torch and had a look to see how I could place the light into the shot to highlight the smoke. This took a bit of contorting to get right as I had to get my uh, placement right to enable me to hold the light, press the shutter and blow out the candle. I was using the self timer on the camera so I had 10 seconds to get into position and blow out the candle after the right, at the right moment. I took, it took around 30 shots trying to get the right combination of light and smoke and used most of a box of matches relighting the candle. In the end, the shot with the more dramatic smoke and the light combination surprisingly to me occurred when the light was pointing directly at the top of the candle. Ideally, I would have liked a little bit more smoke floating back up to the top right of the image and to have just the lingering glow of a burning wick, but I was pretty happy with the resulting image. So I'm, I'm sure you are happy with the resulting image, David. This is great. For a start, you had me fooled that this light was some kind of residual light from the candle. But of course, as the candle was not lit by the time you tripped the shutter, there would have been no light, um, you know, without you shining the torch down onto the candle, uh, the candle head. But it looks so natural. I didn't even question this until you, uh, I read your backstory. I see that you used almost a one second exposure to help capture the smoke and the light um, from the torch certainly helped to highlight this. I like the composition with the candle over to the left and the right edge of the candle almost in the center along that center line of the image. This also of course gives the smoke room to flow into. I think it's great that you you'd taken the time to visualize and set up a shot like this and really do think the results were worth your trouble but i thank you for going to that trouble anyway it's great photograph david and congratulations on a well-earned third place next up in second place we have taisha from new zealand with a beautiful image lupins at sunrise and another great backstory to go with it so here goes with taisha's backstory this shot is one of a series taken on the morning of the 6th of December at a place I fondly call my backyard. My website and blog feature a lot of images taken in my backyard and the simple reason is I'm fortunate enough to live within walking distance of this place, a wetland reserve and tidal lagoon. Early mornings and late evenings I love to wander in the area, so does the dog. This particular morning was very wet and dewy and extremely calm with a light patchy fog clinging to the huge areas of landscape. Nowadays I always have in the back of my mind the current assignment and so I made haste to Barker's Brook, a drainage ditch running into the lagoon where I knew there was a lovely patch of wild lupins as I couldn't help but think about the light. In the scene, Barker's Brook is to the left of the lupins and enters the lagoon in between the posts near the horizon. The tide was out and the, and the lagoon barely seen near the horizon was mostly mud. A narrow path can be discerned just leading from the bo bottom right of the image towards the horizon. 
It's a path I walk often at high tide as the S-shape of the brook going into the lagoon is a key compositional element in many of my shots. I set up the scene so it looked pleasing to my eye, the main subject being the loopings and the sun. I set the camera to manual mode with an f-stop of 9. I found f9 to be a sweet spot on my EF-S 17-85mm lens. Focal length was 17mm, the widest the lens would go. My camera has a crop sensor, so effective focal length was 28mm, easily calculated using the little Photo Buddy app on my iPod Touch. You can tell the image was taken using a wide-angle lens setting as there is a curve in the horizon. The base shot was taken at in th- uh, one thirteenth of a second shutter speed, but I took shots both faster and slower using mirror lockup and cable release to get a choice of different exposures for combining in Photoshop using layers and masks. The reason for this, of course, was the very bright sky shooting into the sun. I did have a graduated neutral density filter on the camera which cut down a lot of the brightness but even with this and the mist the sun was too bright to get an exposure the exposure I wanted. Before bringing the shots into Photoshop I used Lightroom to correct the white balance as the camera had rendered the scene a little warmer than the actual scene. Once I was happy with the results in Photoshop the PSD file was imported back into Lightroom where I did a very little small touch-up job with the brush uh, here and there to smooth the masking before finally exporting the image. Taisha goes on to say, I thoroughly enjoy the assignments even when I don't manage to participate. This assignment saw quite a range of interpretations and the standard is high. Thanks for your votes that placed me second. Thanks most of all to Martin for making it all possible. And because I don't Twitter, may I say here a special thanks to the sponsors WebSpy. Thanks very much for the the detailed backstory and for the uh, the appreciation at the end there, Tasha. So I I appreciate you uh, you taking the time to write that out and the you know the the feeling behind that. Um, it's great to take a morning walk with you in your backyard. A far cry from my balcony on the fourth floor of a Tokyo apartment. I totally love this image with the fresh morning dew and congratulations on recalling that the lupins were there um, you know, and linking that to the quiet light. You did a great job of merging the two exposures together in Photoshop too. You really have managed to capture a feeling of quiet light here. I feel as though I can almost hear the silence, if that makes sense. And I almost feel the the cool still air and the occasional wave of warmth from that morning sun. I perhaps would have been tempted to run the graduate graduate or no gradient filter um, in Lightroom, just run that down the sky to darken it down just a tad more than this. But if you had, I'm sure it would have reduced the quiet mood of the shot, and so probably. You know, I may have tried, but probably gone back to what you what you ended up with here anyway, and just resisted the urge to use that. Taisha also provided a few other images from this morning shoot, and I wanted to look at a second here as well. 
which uh, it won't have a thumbnail on the podcast page, but it, it will be in the enhanced podcast and on the blog for you to check out. The image is more a close-up of some of the seeding grasses looking along the grasses at eye level rather than down onto the scene. I really love this image and I have to say that I personally would have probably chosen, you know, I've been more likely to choose this uh, to upload for the quiet light assignment than the one that Taisha did choose. But, you know, whether this one would have gotten more votes will never be known. Um, but the simplicity of this shot and the freshness is breathtaking. The sky has more detail and the sun uh, def better defined and warmer, uh, at least to my eye. I like how the area of ground that takes up the, the bottom third of the image and the sky takes up the top two thirds, but with the grasses protruding upwards into the sky. The colour palette is pretty selective, uh, going from the warm yellow surrounding the sun to a paler yellow to white, and then the sky, um, you know, across the sky, and then the um, there's just very subtle shades of green in the grasses. Excellent work, Taisha, in both the uh, this you know this image and your winning winning image. So congratulations on second place, and thanks very much for getting involved. So last up, steaming into the lead for the first month of the the second uh, six month batch of assignments, once again sponsored by WebSpy, we have another amazing shot from Dan Newcomb of Vancouver, Canada, called Bridge. I spent that day tracking down bald eagles in Squamish until it was too dark to shoot. When I returned to the city, the fog was rolling in. The fog occasionally creeps in at this time of year when the temperature drops and the ocean is still relatively warm. It's a rare enough occurrence that I knew I had to take advantage of this blanket covering the city. My brother was out the night before shooting time lapses of the fog, but I wasn't able to go. I was counting on the fog to show, show up so I could shoot for this assignment and if it didn't happen I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was glad it showed up, I was lucky to be in town and I was thankful to be able to get go out to shoot it. I ended up shooting time lapse scenes from the various locations until 5am. These were the 7500 photos that I referred to in the round table podcast. The Lionsgate Bridge shot was taken from a location in West Vancouver at about 1am. It's just one of the frames of that time-lapse sequence. Unfortunately, I was shooting over a house that had a heating vent. The dark smoke steam kept uh, blowing out into the shots, so as these things turn out, I think that the still shot looks better than the video. So thanks for the backstory here, Dan. And I have to say that you, I totally envy you having uh, witnessed this fog. And the way you captured it here is not only beautiful, but it's the epitome of the, the quiet light assignment, in my opinion. I see that you used a three-second exposure for this image, which is probably perfect for getting the fog to move just enough to make it smooth, um, but to, you know, to give it that dreamy look. Um, and especially around, you know, the parts where the bridge uh, are surrounded by the fog, it, the way it merges across there uh, really helps to give it that dreamy look. But also, it's a fast enough exposure to not mess up those parts, you know, those same parts of the bridge 
that it engulfs. This is simply beautiful light, mostly of course being provided from the lights on the bridge itself. The fact that the lights are all blue except for the single red one on the highest part of the bridge adds a lot to this image as well. Uh, in fact, you know, the lines made by the blue light remind me a lot of the iconic Mount Fuji here in Japan. And I can almost imagine the red light to be the tip of the sun as it rises perfectly in line with the peak of the volcano. I think most people will agree that your dedication to shooting the images that you, that, you know, that, that, that you shoot like this um, and the images, all of the work that you, you put in to make your time-lapse videos is something that not many of us possess. Dan also uh, provided a link, by the way, um, to the Vancouver Fog time-lapse video. Um, still a bit of a work in progress and will be put onto his um, time-lapse site with his brother's work, uh, you know, that, that him and his brother do together later on. But I'll, I'll put a link to that uh, Vancouver Fog time-lapse video in the, in the show notes, um, on the blog and, you know, on the podcast page. So do take a look at that. Um, it's, as usual, amazing work, uh, as is, you know, Dan's ability to capture the, all of this stuff as he does. So please do check that out. Dan also provided a self-portrait of himself shooting another sequence that is included in the video. And we can see how wrapped up Dan is uh, to protect himself from the cold. And also, again, you know, we can see that the wonderful quiet light uh, is there in the background with the fog against, uh, you know, that, that um, Dan is sort of silhouetted against. Uh, it's, it's all just wonderful work, Dan, as usual. So congratulations on yet another well-earned first place. Um, a quick reminder before we finish that this was the first of a six-month batch of assignments from which we will accumulate all votes to find five winners that will receive prizes made available by our kind sponsors, WebSpy. The first prize is an amazing Hyperdrive Colorspace UDMA portable storage unit. I've actually just bought one of these myself and will be bringing you a review in the coming weeks. The second prize is once again a Lensbaby Composer, which opens up all kinds of creative doors for the photographer. And then the following three winners will each receive an X-Rite Colour Checker Passport, which I have also just bought recently and I'm incredibly impressed with. I'll also be providing a review of this product very soon, so stay tuned for that. I did a blog post with the details of these prizes too, which I'll also link in the show notes, so check that out for more details. Uh, don't forget the current assignment, uh, the second in the six-month series, has a theme of square crop. It doesn't matter what you shoot as long as it looks good when cropped to a square. Note that you are only allowed to enter one image per assignment, and that image must have been shot during the month of the assignment. You will have until the end of January... Uh, 31st to upload your entry to the mbpgalleries.com website and I do encourage you to read the guidelines in the assignment forum at martinbaileyphotography.com slash forum as well and uh, you know there's some people overlook these and end up having to um, I have either have to remove their images at the end of the month or 
you know, there's a there's a rush to get things um, sorted out. It doesn't feel great for you, I'm sure, and, and I don't like doing it either, so do try to stick to the guidelines. And thanks to all of you that got involved in the December assignment, and, you know, thanks very much as well to WebSpy for providing the prizes, and good luck to everyone taking part in the January assignment on Square Crop. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening today. And remember, you can find me on Flickr and Facebook as well as Twitter. And of course, my blog and the photography forum. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com. So drop by and check that out. I'll be back next week with another Martin Bailey Photography podcast. But in the meantime, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Music